Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kero Wrestling. I know it's been a while, but I'm back. And I want to talk about pro wrestling again a little bit. I want to have some fun. And speaking of having fun, oh my god, WWE, man. They've been struggling. Honestly, anything after WrestleMania, anything that they've done, it's really been subpar. Like, all I can think of is the Cody Rose and Brock Lesnar angle, and that's debatable. But it was at least something interesting. I guess Braun Breaker turning heel, that was also cool. But man, like, especially the last SmackDown, I could not believe what I was watching. I feel like even a house show, uh, just a run-of-the-mill house show would be more eventful than last week's SmackDown. But I guess they're really, really setting everything up, ramping it up, or more so keeping everything on hold until the draft comes, which is, I'll be honest, way sooner than I expected. So we got backlash, but even before backlash, I think, it's either this Friday or next Friday. The draft starts. I'm pretty sure it's, it's it's next Friday. Oh, well, whatever. In both cases, it's way closer than I thought. But yeah, here's another little, I guess, an Easter egg. I meant to come back a couple of weeks earlier when WWE got acquired by Endeavor. I was going to just do a new episode of Care Wrestling, make my return. But yeah, like I said, I was uh, plenty busy. Now I'm not. And I'm here to talk about, not this. This is Gordon Perkins. Wait. <clears throat> yes. Uh, the most professional pro wrestling podcast on earth right here okay so here we go with the ones you know raw opened up with the usos versus the new world order i wish oh my god that'd be crazy latino world order in um more correct terms and this was this was a normal match nothing big nothing special but i got to say that i like the latino world order and besides Santos Escobar, the other two guys, I can't even recall their, their names. They didn't get the wrestle. Ever since they got up to the main roster, they really did not get any uh, limelight. And this match was nice. This match uh, let us see the other two wrestle a bit. But the, the main takeaway from this match is how over the Latino world order seem, seem to be getting. I mean, they're, they're really not doing anything, right? They're not doing anything at all. But they've been consistently on TV, wrestling, you know, putting out good matches, getting good reactions. That's that's cool to see because Santos Escobar, when I first saw him, you know, he didn't really strike me as like someone really, really good on NXT I'm talking about, you know, a year or two ago. But the more I watched the guy, the more I enjoyed him. And I feel like now the main roster crowd is pretty much going through the same thing that I did. Really, once you get to uh, see what Legora del Fantasma is all about, I think you'll like him. So the future is bright for this uh, faction. Zelina Vega, however, he, she seems to have disappeared, even though she has a match, right? With Rhea Ripley, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know why she wasn't here. Of course, the show opened with Cody and Finn Balor, by the way. Just let me say that the more I see of Finn Balor, the, the less I'm into him, honestly, on, on the mic. It just lacks something. I'm not sure what it is, but backstage, I feel like it shows a lot more character. He's a bit more interesting and entertaining to watch there with like um, backstage promos. And when I say that, it's like promos on WWE.com or on YouTube where it's not on TV. They're like he's more free there and yeah, his mannerism is uh, character work. I feel like that's like I said, more uh, interesting. But anyways, I can ramble on. I got like <laughs> 10 more thoughts coming in. So instead of doing that, let's get through with the review. Uh, let's yeah the match itself there isn't anything like a crazy move that I remember but this match didn't need to be anything more than what it was the Usos pick up the victory 
they, you know, take out one by one each member of uh, the Latino World Order. Oh, yeah, they got a new DM, right? And I, I actually really like that. You know, it comes out, they come out with like the Viva La Raza. And I just got to listen to the DM on their entrance just a tiny bit. But I feel like I feel like I can add that to my Spotify, you know. It sounded pretty good. And when we're talking about new theme songs in the WWE in the past couple of years, something sounding pretty good, that's, that's not something you see every day. So that's, that's good. Anyways, yeah. So let's see what happened next. This match, I was so ready to skip it. <laughs> but honestly, or, or thankfully, I didn't have to because it was, you know, one and done. It was really, really quick. Maybe less than five minutes, honestly. I'm not sure. But the Street Profits pick up the victory against the old Hurt Business tag team, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And the key thing here was that the commentators said, oh, this might be the last time we see Street Profits as a tag team, which is interesting. It's, it feels a bit out of the blue. It feels like, you know, they're shoving this in our faces, doing some heavy foreshadowing. Wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. As far as these two breaking up, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. But I'll be honest, when it comes to Angelo Dawkins, I think he's got a bit of a Austin Theory syndrome going up. Because, you know, he's tall, he's muscular, he's got the build, he's got the look, he's got the energy, but... I'm just not interested in the guy. There's, there's an, you know... I think his character is... It needs to change up. And of course... Putting him in a better storyline, that would always help. That helps anybody. But I'll be honest, like looking back at it more times than none, I would be end up, you know, I would end up being impressed by Angela Dawkins more than, than Montez Ford. I might have mixed up their names, honestly. <laughs> See, that's another problem. Yeah, as for the draft itself, I hope, I hope they do stuff like they did back in the day where we had like a roulette or like a randomizer going on. And regardless of which way they decide to do the draft, they better like show us, you know, face cams, reaction cams, like like we see Roman Reigns getting to SmackDown, and then backstage we seem like, oh yeah, that's that's good, that's what I wanted, you know, let's go baby. And then I don't know, Brock also gets drafted to SmackDown. Now he can fight Cody, and we see him going mad, you know, just killing everybody backstage. I'm sure you all know the classic moment with like the Undertaker reacting to Rock, Stone Cold or whatever reacting back in the day to them being drafted to whichever brand, so that's always welcome. Anyways, yeah, this match was super duper fast on. And then we had Triple H come out for the most interesting and the most groundbreaking segment of the night. Here he is in the middle of the ring, again, just uh, speaking like a PR person, I'll be honest. But after he's done speaking, he reveals this title. Now, I'm not sure this was rumored or anything like that. I had no idea. I'm not following any wrestling news at all. So it was a very pleasant surprise to see a brand new title. And that title being called the World Heavyweight Championship. And that title looking the way it does. Okay, that's all the pictures. But it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like, it's clearly inspired by i feel like anyway it's a wcw world heavyweight championship but with a more modern spin on it but more importantly than the title itself and the way it looks uh well it does something super important and i believe this is a huge fix for the wwe that everybody was was asking for even the people who really really loved like me i actually really enjoy and, and i'm fully behind what roman reigns is doing 
as the WWE Universal Undisputed whatever champion. <laughs> too many, uh, too many adjectives. Look at the adjectives. But for a long time now, having no major champion on any brand or every now and then, as Roman Reigns is a part timer, was a huge struggle for the WWE. And when you look at the mid card titles, like. The one of them is held by Austin Theory, which is like a guy you want to push to the moon, so you don't want him losing that. And then you got Gunter, which is a guy you want to push to the moon, so you don't want him losing that, the Intercontinental Championship, of course. And then you have no other titles. You know, it just made things tougher uh, from a booking standpoint. And everybody was talking about how it would change in and at like a WrestleMania or at a big match where Roman Reigns puts only one of his titles on the line and all that. But yeah, I think this is a very nice way, very smooth way to introduce another main championship. And by the reaction that the crowd gave to Triple H immediately after he revealed this title, I think everybody else likes this too. And I think that should be the case anyways. I, I also really enjoy it. And I actually am wondering now, will Roman Reigns still have, what is it, two titles? Or now his undisputed championship will become like a new design, a new title, but it's only going to be one. I feel like to keep the entrance with the double titles because he just looks so badass and it adds prestige, Roman Reigns might keep those two titles and, you know, keep going strong. But I, like I said, wouldn't be surprised if Roman Reigns gets now one title as the WWE Universal Championship, undisputed, yada, yada. Even if that doesn't happen do, during uh, Roman Reigns' reign, I am pretty sure as soon as he loses his big match, if he ever loses his big match, that's going to be like 10 years from now, then the title will, you know, uh, like, from two will be down to one and it's going to be like a new design. That's how I feel it's going to go down. But here's another interesting theory. Now that we have another main title, does Roman Reigns need to lose his grip, his reign? Does he ever have to lose? <laughs> Is Bruno San Martino now in danger? That's too many years. It's impossible unless WWE does some mental gymnastics, which they're not shy from doing that. But even then, it's, you know, super tough to ignore, what was it, 10 years, 8 years or whatever? That's, yeah, that's not happening. But now with this title, Roman Reigns is definitely holding on to that WWE Universal Undisputed Championship. But, yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. As this man right here said, it's good for the WWE and it's good for us as the viewers because now guys like Seth Rollins, you know, so many other people we wanted to see as the main champion but have been held back because Roman Reigns is having the run of his life, maybe run of the, you know, decade, the century. Now they got something important, something interesting to fight over. And now we got another reason to look forward to Backlash, but what I'm confused about is Triple H said that we would get a championship match or whatever. But we have no idea who is it's going to be between. Is it going to be Olmos and Seth Rollins? Is it going to be someone or something completely different? We still got SmackDown this Friday. So I feel like, you know, before Backlash, we'll know what's up. But it's good. It's It makes everything come true or, or it wraps up everything in a nice way. But, you know, this this introduction of this title was a good idea. The title itself looks good. Uh, yeah, the most important thing that happened this draw after that, we got some filler matches driving the veg uh, between 
what is it damage control the faction with the worst dm song of all time like i challenge you to find me a worse theme song like it's not even you know so bad that it's good it's funny to listen to no this is the worst anyways um yeah this match nothing you know worth mentioning as far as in-ring action goes but Dakota Kai and Eosky are just getting madder and madder at Bailey. I'm pretty sure Bianca Belair is gonna win whatever happens. You know, by the end of this feud, Bianca is still gonna be the champion, and we get to look forward to that uh, damage control triple threat match, which is pretty sweet. Bailey is amazing. I love her wrestling. I love the way she, you know, handles herself on the mic as well. You know, she's a total package when it comes to being a wrestler. But I am worried about Eosky. She's, you know, entertaining to watch in the ring. Very athletic. And if she's backed by Triple H, I'm sure she'll have a good career, you know. But I'm not sure what they're going to do with Dakota Kai. Now, she has gotten a little better with her promo and all that. But other than that, you know, she's not really remarkable. So it's going to be interesting to see the trajectory of Eosky and especially Dakota Kai. I, I wonder if they're going to be able to hang and become bigger stars Io sky i can see her doing it when it comes to dakota sky i'm more unsure than anything but we'll see we'll see anyways <laughs> there she is being dragged to her doom that's a rope break <laughs> i love the facial expression of the ref now that i look at it yeah scorpion kick yada yada oh yeah uh, of course bailey would do this she would get her ass whooped by I'm pretty sure another wrestler she really likes, a younger wrestler. Such a Bailey thing to do, you know. Ever since she returned, that's all she's been doing anyways, helping out younger talent, newer talent. It's kind of cool because, you know, the other day I watched AJ Lee versus Bailey uh, on NXT. And uh, at that point, she was in the exact opposite position. So, you know, circle of life in progressing, I guess. Wow, this match has way too many photos. Anyways, and we have an Austin Theory promo he has a new shirt which i thought was pretty cool bobby lashley comes out wasn't anything to write home about but i really liked when austin theory you know roasted bobby lashley about him not having a wrestlemania match that was a deep cut right there and that was pretty much the end of the promo anyways and they just broke out fighting and then bronson reed came out and this is another interesting development i've never been into bronson reed myself he's not a bad wrestler at all is in fact for his side is pretty damn good and it was even tougher to like him because when he came back he had no reaction from the crowd but for the past couple of weeks he's been consistently just like the latina world order he's been getting a reaction here he got a reaction as well not anything major but people are at least uh, paying attention to what he's doing and yeah these two work together to destroy bobby lashley and then this guy Destroyed Austin Theory. Decent reaction from the crowd. I mean, it doesn't look bad with the title either. And we have a triple threat match with him. Uh, what's his name? Okay, Bronson Reed, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley, which is definitely going to be a fun match. I'm mean, judging by the last triple threat match that Austin Theory was involved in. I feel like this is gonna, this is going to be good as well. But because this thing is a triple threat, I really I feel like Austin Theory is just going to Seal the victory here, but we'll see. This was, you know, a good segment. Ah, this was not. I mean, we're talking about Alpha Academy here. You know, when is the last time they had a good segment? I'm, I'm not sure if they ever had a good segment. Even though I really like Chad Gable here, even though I feel like they should give him way more than he's getting right now. We got Mustafa Ali, the hometown guy. Hometown guy. Okay, remember what I said about finding a worse theme than the damage control theme? 
I guess if you said Mustafa Ali in the comment section somehow, uh, well, I congratulate you, you know. Because if there is one being that's worse than that, it might be Mustafa Ali's. Oh my god, what did they do? Like he 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 switched it up, you know, and he did a remix of this, of his old theme, or the old version. You know, this is like the newest, the best version. Even this is Hmm, it's painful. I hope I hope he gets a new team. Anyways, he's just basically Bo Dallas. He won with a roll-up or whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do with Mustafa Ali. Like, okay, is he a heel? Is he a babyface? Are you trying to get him over? Because, yeah, I got no clue. Like, this guy was gonna probably win the WWE Championship. I guess he's still on TV and you, you can't fault his, what is it, work ethic. He's pretty good. Mustafa is pretty good. I hope I hope he gets a better character. I hope he gets a better story because he deserves it. But this one, this ain't it, Chief. I mean, this ain't it. Right, we have the whole <laughs> gimmick of our, our storyline of Otis joining the Maximum Male Models as well. I guess he's just going to get more and more modelish each and every week. Whatever. We had this, yeah, match set up at the beginning of the show and... This was a pretty straightforward match. Finn Balor did a couple of sweet reversals, as he always does, as his style. But he got dealt with pretty quickly. And when you're talking about uh, Cody Rose is going to face off against Brock Lesnar and potential to beat him at Backlash, yeah, this went exactly the way it was supposed to go. And I know Triple H really likes Finn Balor. Every time he sent him back to NXT, Finn Balor won the NXT Championship and he had a pretty lengthy run with it both times. But on the main roster, especially after the draft, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I could see him as a major champion. Maybe he'll win the World NBA Championship, for example. But right now, even with Triple H at the helm, yeah, I don't know. He's also, what, over 40 years old, if I remember correctly. So it's really hard to predict what Finn is going to become, you know, a couple of years later. I mean, honestly, it's going to be hard to predict what's going to happen two weeks later with the draft. So, yeah. Anyways, Finn Balor ending maybe his last draw for a while with a loss to, uh, loss to a very determined Corrode. Then we get the Seth Rollins promo. <laughs> he has an interesting, you know, uh, dress choice. Talks about the World Heavyweight Championship, which is, yeah, like everybody was expecting him to go up against Roman Reigns, do something, you know, at a main event level. And then we had the Omas and Seth Rollins match announced on social media and stuff like that and it got memed to death as it should have been it deserves it for sure um mvp came out you know caught a pretty generic promo yeah i'm just left confused by this entire segment uh, i'll be honest with you like so this match i guess Seth rollins versus omas even if this was just like an exhibition match with no story obviously Seth rollins is in the ring it's gonna be you know fun like, is, again, is this for the World AVA Championship? Number one contender? What, what's going on? Maybe, I'm pretty sure Seth Rollins gonna, is going to win this match somehow, some way. And then he's going to move on to be a contender for the World AVA Championship. But yeah, this honestly gives me the vibes of like, oh, we don't have enough matches at Backlash. So let's just throw this in there as well. He's Seth Rollins. He'll, you know, he'll make, you know, pull out a good match from anybody, so let's just throw Omas there with him, whatever. But that's going to be interesting, because unless something happens with the Hurt Business, with when we look at Bobby Lashley and what he's doing, I feel like that's not going to be the case, at least not anytime soon. Omas is going to lose to Brock Lesnar, and then he's going to lose to Seth Rollins, like, oh. Not that he was on fire, not that it, everybody was behind him, or, you know, was scared of him, or whatever. I guess 
WWE is just trying to use him as much as they can get, you know, put people over, make other people look strong. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough for almost to bounce back from this, I guess. That's that's the thing I'm getting at. And then we had, okay. Oh, that was my WhatsApp, by the way. I don't know if you heard that. So you don't need to look at your phone or your, your notifications. But this was the coolest spot of the night where Damien Priest came in and did the Razor Ramon uh, gestures. I thought that was pretty freaking sweet. He should continue to do that. I think he's been doing, you know, stuff like this for a while, paying tribute to Razor Ramon. But yeah, that was pretty sweet. Sweet entrance. Match itself, completely, you know, <laughs> passable. Because we all knew what was going to happen. Bad Bunny was going to get involved. They've been promoting it the whole night. Oh, he's going to be here. And he did get involved. And it was, it was, I'll be honest, it was fun. Bad Bunny, you know, actually trained towards WrestleMania. I actually put the effort in. That's, you know, that deserves some respect. It was pretty decent. Now, it wasn't anything main event level. But I guess because Bad Bunny is here, because of his popularity, it was at the main event. But, yeah, other than that, I don't have any qualms with this. This is... Pretty much what it should have been. I really like how Bad Bunny, you know, didn't hold back, smashed the hell out of Damien Priest. Any ch chance he got with the candlestick, that is the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah, and that's why I kind of get mad at Bad Bunny. Doesn't hold back, goes for it because we're at a wrestling show, at, at a wrestling ring. You're in it, so yeah. Make the best of it. Honestly, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. When you see someone not actually hitting the person with a weapon or anything like that, like someone picks up a chair and like does a pansy hit, it's very obvious to see as well. Isn't that the worst freaking thing? Like, so yeah, overall, a decent robbery. Five out of ten, like, uh, I mean, it was a Monday Night Raw episode. It existed. It had some nice moments in it. But maybe for the reveal of the title, I'll give it a six out of ten. Someone really wants to talk to me on WhatsApp. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty much WWE saying, oh, don't mind what happened last Friday on SmackDown. Never mind that. Forget about it. Look, focus on the draft. That's what's coming. You know, get excited for it. Focus on backlash. Please don't get mad at us. I feel like that was uh, the message here with this show. But yeah, me personally, I'm looking forward to the draft. They've been saying it's going to be big Triple H. You know, every time he comes to the ring and the Last month, he, he's been saying it's going to be huge. It's going to shake everything up. Well, you know what they say, show, don't tell. And they're going to get the chance to do exactly that in a couple of weeks, pretty soon. So yeah, this was a decent Raw. The title looks sweet. World Heavyweight Championship. Hell yeah, let's go get in here. I'm excited for the draft. And with that being said, that's all my thoughts on tonight's Raw. Maybe I'll see you this Friday after SmackDown, or maybe I'll go away for 10 years again like I did. Whatever ends up happening, know that I freaking uh, appreciate. Yes, I appreciate the fact that you watched this video. Thank you very much. And please take the time to give me a like, maybe subscribe to me if you want to see more reviews, more anything about professional wrestling. Leave your comments down below. Tell me what you thought of this Raw. Tell me what you thought about the new title. What you think about the draft. Do you think Backlash is exciting at all you know i make sure to read every comment i make sure to try and respond to every comment whether it's a reply whether it's a it's a bitsy heart i'm just helping me out here guys okay i could use all the interaction i could get that being said i'll see you hopefully next time uh take care of yourself <laughs>